Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. You're at ACO Radio, American Communications Online, or any affiliated stations. Or websites are not responsible for what guests, hosts, or call-ins may say. All programming is intended for informational and entertainment purposes only. Hello, universes. We know we're on a certain wavelength with everybody out there, so hope that this is finding you in a wonderful position and that everybody is doing well, happy, and has love in their heart today and unconditional love to everybody. We are gathered today to support ourselves and each other in this celebration of Easter spirit today. And that can mean a lot of things to a lot of people, but we're going to do our deal because we've got a bunch of new things to do in the day of reality. And we're going to talk about rebirth and how things are going to happen because we don't even know what we're doing as far as uh, serendipity and synchronicity today, but I will read this to you and I'm going to turn the floor over to Pastor Richard T. Knight of Valdosta, Georgia. So I've got Ascension Age Awakening today, Easter's first ascension for Ascension Church Ohana with Teresa J. Morris Ministries in Gulf Breeze, Florida, because I have to have the little license, so I've got that. Now, Pastor Gigi Adams will be joining us uh, the second hour. She's already doing another show, but we share a celebration, Easter Spirit, as our spiritual science, divine cosmos, extraterrestrials, in the way that we are gathered today. So we share synchronicity and serendipity, love, faith, hope, harmony, of the gathering of what we all gather for when we find support as celestials, terrestrials, and celestial beings. So we share as body, mind, spirits, as philosophers of work in carbon-based units, as we share we are sentient, intelligent beings as we transition into all levels of sharing and what we can bring to the unconditional love that is all-encompassing for those who hope, exclamation point. So hope for those who have known of all our origins, ancient wisdom, and our new thought teachings with all of our Ascension Age brothers and sisters. So we can plan together to share our oral books as the, in quotes, I am, tells us what to say in each of us, exclamation points. So that is that we're hoping your inner self and what we will talk about today is where you will learn how to channel things. We all believe we go direct to source. Uh, the, some people just say the monad, others say essence, uh, all that was in the beginning. But the, when we break it into words, it, none of them are going to be right, folks, because you just can't put it into words, even though they – Tell us we're welcome each day and knowing that, you know, in the beginning was the word and the word was without form. 
and then they say, and the word was with God, word was God. So it's like saying all the things we can't really understand and explain because I've sat with many, many, many spiritual people, as Pastor Richard will probably say, too. So we're thriving. We're here. Now, we're also supposed to thrive. And I don't know if a lot of you understand the dimensions we talk about. The old guys that are still hanging around as baby boomers that were here in the 60s to the 80s and helped write up, you know, channeling work in the Law of One and the Ascension Guide and all those, but I was around back when we didn't have any Ascension Guide books and helped do all that. We were all helping each other and motivating each other in various groups, and I got the gold pyramid feeling that it was a lot more than what we were in celebrating at the Universal Group, which was very open-minded, but we're a cyberspace culture community, and we've been doing radio on Sundays since 2012 so this is a new thing for us we came out with the old 12 21 12 group <laughs> so richard knows what i mean uh, some of y'all if y'all knew about all the ancient writings and what i tried to do is honor everybody in all world religions and the uh origin and richard and i talk about male and female because we're using those human carbon-based units those are the models on this particular planet so we're called Terrans and we're going to talk about the higher universal order today I really do want to so you may want to sit back and think of yourself more like an avatar but uh, you know we'll I don't know where this is going to go but I know Richard's really good at what he doesn't know we're going to say yet <laughs> and my my dog Coco no so we'll get the next door neighbors going with their dogs. But we're going to talk about today's Sunday and the whole holy and whole age and new life and whole life for all those events we have all over the world. But the spiritual community of unconditional love and doing what's right is basically just our philosophy. And we're going to work all the kinks out in this Ascension Age Awakening. So until Miss Gigi comes on and adds her third uh, part of this I'm gonna uh, turn it over that's Josh we got only five minutes off the clock folks so you know I am Teresa J Morris and I really appreciate all of you I know there's a lot of loyal listeners out there in the spiritual community and so we're gonna celebrate with Pastor Richard T Knight of Valdosta Georgia so Pastor we did a sound check earlier I know you're here would you like to help usher in our first Sunday ever with you and I and then later with Gigi? So this would be our coming together as the power of three today. Would you like to uh, start uh, and help us figure out where we're going in this co-creation? <laughs> and I'm going to mute because sure. all the dogs are starting to bark. <laughs> Thank you, Richard. Of Welcome. course. Thank you for coming and helping. Yes. Greetings, everyone, and a special blessing for this Easter Sunday. Uh, it represents many things on many levels to diff many different people. Uh, it has great significance in the Christian church. It has great significance in, in other traditions and so forth. Um, but, I mean, you know, it, it's, it's, a funny it's kind of got a funny twist to it simply because we go out and we hide Easter eggs so the kids can go on Easter egg hunts and then they dig up the eggs, and of course they're celebrated in, in the amount of eggs that they find, and the colors of the eggs, and the way that the eggs have been painted, and so forth. 
And then in turn, in addition to that, we reward them with Easter baskets. And the Easter baskets, of course, contain all kinds of chocolate and all kinds of other candies and things of this nature. So it's kind of like you're rewarding them for having successfully found a bunch of Easter eggs that you purposefully hid, of course. And then in turn, uh, you give them this grandiose basket and, and it's all colorful and everything else. And of course, it's going to be a surprise uh, to a lot of young children. Um, and, and of course, you know, as, as the children get older, then eventually they age out of the Easter egg hunt and that kind of thing. But it's still a day of family gatherings and a celebration of life in and of itself. Um, you can put an overtone to it that it represents rebirth because that's what an egg does. It represents rebirth or it represents birth in and of itself. I mean, after all, you know, the, which, you know, the old question, which came first, the chicken or the egg? Well, of course, that question goes unanswered because naturally you have to have one before you have the other. So anyway, um, from a spiritual aspect, of course, rebirth, or reawakening, or you could even say a baptismal by fire or a baptism in water, um, which, of course, a baptismal by fire means it cleanses the spirit of all that is not serving the higher purpose of that given individual spirit, which in this case, of course, we're relating to this carbon-based human units or mankind or human beings, okay? So naturally, a, a purification by fire would eliminate any kind of negativity or any kind of emotional baggage that you may have been carrying around before such an initiatory step was taken. And of course, you know, uh, in many different traditions, especially Christianity, uh, there is the baptism of water. And of course, water represents peace. It represents fluidity. It represents uh, well-being. It represents calm. It represents acceptance. And it also is in itself also a manner of purifying our emotional selves. So we come to a, a, a juncture of peace within ourselves when we become baptized because we are recognizing that Christ, one of many, many prophets down through history, naturally represents a rebirth by claiming to join Christ in spirit, okay? Accept Christ as the spiritual being that leads you on a spiritual path. And, of course, like I said, there are many traditions around the world. I'm not going to get into all of them. Uh, I'm going to use Christ as an example because, naturally, his life was an example of resurrection and an, an example of rebirth, as well as uh, transiting from a human form to a God-realized form or what you would become completely awakened to the extent that your spiritual self is now in control of your physical self so that you are more spirit in form than you are human in form. I hope that makes sense. But anyway, uh, so if we recognize that this awakening and this rebirth and this uh, consecration of ourselves spiritually, then in turn, of course, we look at the world outwardly very differently because you're now, again, putting spirit before matter. And when you put spirit before matter, of course, that's a great awakening. That's, a, that's an ascension process in a manner of speaking. And as a result, you become more and more spiritually aware and your spiritual presence actually begins to take the foremost of your consciousness. And of course, now there are many traditions to reach this state of being, uh, meditation being the foremost one that is most widely spread and most widely known, per se. It is merely a quieting of the mind 
so that in turn you can listen to your higher self or your spirit self and therefore the inner voice begins to speak to you. Now, of course, we can say that this inner voice could be the voice of Christ. It can be the voice of your guardian angel. It can be the voice of your higher self. It can be even the voice of God. So some have claimed that they actually hear the voice of God. Now, I'm not sitting in judgment. Instead, I'm approaching all things and all beings from a point of unconditional love, a full acceptance without judgment of any kind, shape, or form, without any kind of bias, okay? Um, And this is done in harmony with love itself, because love doesn't. Love rather accepts another person or tradition or uh, situation of any kind as being present and becoming aware of that presence uh, on all different levels, okay? I mean, you know, when you fall in love with someone, of course, that's the most mysterious gift that we're granted because love is unconditional. And in reality, uh, love is very mysterious because it comes into our hearts and it blossoms and we create relationships with one another. And then in turn, those relationships uh, succeed for a long period of time or a short period of time whatever the manifestation happens to lead you to be, okay? And sometimes you have relationships where, in fact, you outgrow each other and this kind of thing. And that's just a terminology, you know, that one spirit is ascending faster than the other. Now, all people, of course, are created equal. And all people, there are no higher and no lower people per se, okay? Because simply, all teachers have been students once and all students will be teachers, And it's very, very true. When you think about it, we teach each other and we help each other in minute ways, oftentimes so much so that we do such naturally without even thinking about it. Well, love unconditionally can be the same way. It manifests itself in a pure form and it reaches out unto all of creation and says, I welcome in all of creation, all of life, because I am a part of that life. And as a part of that life, I do not judge because I have no need to judge. Rather, I am experiencing life in all of its manifest gifts around me, through me, in me, and by me. And therefore, you know, you can get into higher states of consciousness, of course, is the I am presence, which the I am presence represents more or less your higher self or your God self or the part of you that is inspiring you to become more divine in the manner in which you interact with others. So if you interact with others from a state of being of unconditional love, then basically what you automatically want to do is to help others. You want to help them in any way, shape, or form that you can, and basically you you basically create for yourself a life of service, okay? Whether you're a doctor, whether you're a lawyer, whether you're a counselor, whether you're a teacher, whether you're a mathematician or a scientist or a holy man or a pastor like myself or, you know, a religious scholar or a theologian or any science of any kind and any domination of any kind, regardless of what the tradition happens to be. Now, of course, we recognize that in our world at this point in time, Christianity has a dominant space in our belief system and also in our consciousness. Because, yes, we know for a fact that Christ came down and that, you know, he was a man, all right? Now, I hope I'm not offending anybody, but I am Eastern Orthodox by tradition, so therefore I recognize that Christ came down to experience life as man. And he was born unto the Virgin Mary, 
which of course made his birth exceptional in the fact being that there was no intercourse or no intercession between two persons. Rather, it was the Holy Spirit that descended upon Mary that in turn gave her the birth of Christ. So you could say that was the hand of God that created the birth of Christ himself. Well, of course, he was still born as a man, even though he was godly inspired, or rather you could say the divine spark of God dwelt within him. And of course, he matured as a man, and he taught priests and preachers and everybody else, uh, and he reasoned with them and said, look, you know, you have to understand that there is more to what you're teaching than what you have been teaching up until this point. And so he came and he fulfilled all the prophecies and he fulfilled all of the different things. And he said to them, you know, look, you know, you have to understand that there is a better way. You should not be biased. You should not be treating people differently. And of course, this is something we all stride towards because naturally, if you can manage not to treat anyone differently or in fact treat them as you would treat themselves, as you would treat yourself and love them as you would love yourself, then that of course is the golden rule of the principal teachings of Christ. And yes, he was a prophet, he was a savior in a manner of speaking in the fact that he came to deliver a message that you were to awaken, okay? You were to allow him into your heart so that in turn you as a spiritual person and a spiritual being would recognize that God dwells within you, okay? And uh, I mean, I, you know, I'm like I said, I hope I'm not offending anybody because that's not my intention. My intention rather is to share the message that we, are, we all have God in our heart, and whether we recognize it as Christ or God or, or by whatever divine name that we cherish and respect and honor within the given tradition that we follow, um, the names are not significant. What is significant is the fact being that we all recognize that there is a higher power outside of ourselves that is a creative being that created us all. And therefore, because we all have this divine spark within us, we are all one family. We all come from one source. And therefore, it is idealistically very important that we begin to treat each other with unconditional love. For where two or more are gathered, so am I also. That is another teaching of Christ. And he's not alone. He was not the only prophet that said that in the past. But the fact of the matter is this. All right? It says that, you know, where there are two or more children of God, which is what I would call the race of mankind, we are all children of God, where are there two or more gathered, so am I also. In other words, it is like in the combination of two or more persons, their spiritualness rises to the top because the, the spiritual presence shared by two or more persons becomes more significant than one person alone. And therefore, the spirit of God can reach even easily unto two or more people than it does in presence conscious-wise unto one given individual. Simply because, again, you know, if, if you channel the Holy Spirit or you suddenly uh, become inspired to channel any of the old masters or the ascended masters or Christ himself or the Mother Mary or any of the saints or any of these uh, beholden uh, special people in regards to them having become God actualized at one point in time in their life, then in turn, of course, you are setting yourself upon the similar path. And this is something I, I don't think that most people recognize. You see, when you claim that Christ has awakened you, that in turn 
You are reaching up and out towards Christ consciousness. You are asking God to leave, help you to leave behind your human consciousness and move forward into the spirit of Christ. And that is a spirit that has no bias, has no judgment, and provides unto all unconditional love. And that is the celebration of Easter. We are rebirthing ourselves. We are finding within us that which is sacred, and we are expressing that sacredness by joy, happiness, and full acceptance outwardly unto all of our families, unto all of our friends. And, you know, whether we go to church or not, and we celebrate Mass and all of that kind of thing, uh, again, there is a sharing that is going on in acknowledgement of one spirit dwelling within us all. And that unconditional love just radiates and it grows and it becomes stronger and stronger. And there is joy and happiness and contentment that is felt throughout the entirety of the body of the church. And, of course, the church itself is mankind. It's never been a building. It's always been the heart and spirit of mankind. And that's just the way it's always been. So on this special day, you know, we are recognizing that rebirth is possible that we, and so, we ourselves can awaken within us all that we are truly and become our more authentic self, which is to recognize that we are spiritual beings having a human experience and not human beings chasing after a spiritual experience. And, of course, from day one, this has been the metaphysical movement since back in the 1940s, okay? And there have been mediums and there have been channels and there have been all kinds of special gifted people. And all of these special gifted people are examples of what you yourself can become because all you have to do in order to introduce these gifts to yourself and into your own life is accept them and give yourself permission to express them. It's that simple. You see, the truth is never, never confounded. It is never uh, duplicitous. It is never uh, hidden in any way. It is actually before us and can readily be recognized as a very simple foundation of truth itself. And truth, of course, slides out to all of us. We all gather in enjoyment. We all gather in communion. We all gather in uh, sociality as one body of people, okay? Whether you be gathering in a church, whether you be gathering amongst your family, whether you just be gathering amongst friends, okay? This is a day where you are actually celebrating life, life itself, a zest for life, a happiness, a continuum of you as a spiritual being reaching out to other spiritual beings and in turn sharing joy and happiness and contentment. And that is prolifically what has gone on in celebration of this specific day. So we are talking about awakening. We are talking about rebirthing from the aspect being of having gone through the initiatory process of having been baptized, whether, you know, in water or whether in fire or whether in earth or whether in air, because, yes, all of the elements can be utilized as a method for purification, okay? And each of these purifications then in turn focus one's attention not so much upon the body but rather upon the spirit that dwells within the body. And it's the spirit that is foremost and it is the spirit that is utmost. And so today we rejoice as spiritual beings, human incarnations of spirits upon the planet Earth. And we come forth and we rejoice and we celebrate and we hold social events and we hold all kinds of community events and we hold most stringently and most importantly family events. It is a day where you can overlook 
all the shortcomings or all the bickering or all the, 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 the naughty or nasty feelings that you've had amongst family members and reach out in forgiveness with a heart full of acceptance and a heart full of unconditional love. And that's why we gather to this particular day, so that in turn we can express in joy and in life itself a celebration that we are alive, a celebration that we are spiritual entities having a human body, and these human bodies with our human consciousness in turn enjoy being social with all our relatives, with all our friends, with all our church members, whatever the occasion may be. It is all gracious because we exist upon the grace of God, you could say. As they say, tomorrow is never promised. So the more joy and happiness and unconditional love you share today, the better the day becomes. So if you are granted tomorrow and you do the same, you become kind of like on a, a journey, on a train trip in a manner of speaking. And the destination, of course, is the wholeness and the sanctity of God themselves. Okay? So, you know, we each travel our own paths. We are each upon our own journeys. No one is right. No one is wrong. They are all where they are supposed to be at the right given moment. No one goes home early, okay? God calls us home to their house when, in fact, we have served the purpose that we came down here to acquire, whether it be to learn lessons or whether it be to resolve a specific situation or whether it be to bring closure to a specific given individual from the past in a past life. Uh, yes, I do believe in reincarnation. I believe in all kinds of different spiritual uh, epitomes, per se, or stages of being, you could say, in another way of, or manner of looking at it. And these are all based upon unconditional love. Because the fire that burns within my heart is unconditional love. And I have joined that fire from my human heart to my higher heart, wherein dwells the Spirit of God, and wherein dwells the Spirit of Christ and wherein dwells the spirit of Buddha, and wherein dwells all of the ascended masters, and all of those who are teachers upon the path that lead us in their light through their wisdom, so that we in turn may gain better insight into our own lives and learn how to perfect our lives to the extent that we can become unbiased and non-judgmental and reach out unto each other in unconditional love. And so, this is where we're at. This is the now. The now moment is what is most important. Why? Because the past is the past. You can't undo the past. There is no makeovers of the past. The past has gone behind us, okay? It has in turn become a foundation of our experience, and it has provided us an outlook of how we interact with others in the present, okay? Then you combine the past and the present, and you acquire the future. But if you're always focused on the past or you're always focused on the future, you never actually live in the now. And so you're actually releasing unto the universe or unto creation itself the reins of the now. You are too focused on the past and wondering what's going to happen because of the past or you're too focused on the future in attempting to create a future and you forget all about the now. Because the now is the most important point at which to be. Simply because the past is creating the now, and the now in turn creates the future. So if you don't know what your now is, how can you in turn create the future for tomorrow? And again, I remind you that tomorrow is never ever guaranteed. However, 
you also have to keep in mind that as divine beings, we have the cognizant consciousness to reach out and create anything that we so wish at any given moment. So I think that is a good heading. I think that's a good uh, discussion point. And again, I reach out unto all of you in unconditional love because it's the sharing of love. That is the focus of today, the sharing of love, the sharing of joy, the sharing of happiness as we come together as one family of man. Yes, we may be in pockets, okay? We may be in church pockets. We may be in family pockets. We may be in pockets of friendship. But the fact still remains, we are all gathered together to express love unconditional towards each other. Yes, my daughter calls it reset day on every Sunday for her before she passed. And she knew she was dying and told me, sitting here right where I'm sitting now on my couch in my living room, that her life force, she could feel it just slipping away from her. So, you know, and Gigi uh, is in her memory that she called Sunday's reset day. So it it didn't matter what she'd gone through all week. She looked forward and went to church really regularly, even painted the church inside the building, not the people. But she knew that the people were, all of you listening, and you're part of our church, so thank you. But, you know, it's God's church. And for the, many of you know the portal of Ascension is the uh, – Jesus, which she said was her father, which she had a personal relationship with. So many people do, Yeshua or Yeshua, however you want to say it. And some people believe in that and some don't. And, you know, it doesn't matter either way with us because, (laughs) to be honest, Richard and I are both ascension masters because we've already done life after life, meaning we've already experienced death and life, and we understand incarnations for us, so we can talk openly about that. So that's a very important elderly part of our church here that he and I hope to establish, and it is with love and unconditional love. And wherever you're at on your path is to the unconditional means there's no conditions that you won't love another human being. So all is forgiveness, and that's as close to God as you can get, and it's a very hard thing to do especially in many, many churches. And i tell you a little story that you may have seen before, heard about this gentleman that was going to teach at one of the Southern Baptist Convention churches. And it was recent, uh, you know, like in a big city like New York, Houston, Chicago, L.A. So I'm I'm not going to try to uh, limit it so you can figure out who it is, but it's a good story because it's true. And it was, you know, since... Um, the last, hmm, we'll say in the last five years or so, but uh, give or take COVID-19, but everyone could go to church. So we'll say this was incident was before COVID-19, but it was one of those big ones that people were accustomed to going to. If you can picture the biggest church in your city, uh, you know, the biggest Southern Baptist church or the biggest Catholic church or just a big place with a lot of people. And uh, it was the old type in America with all the big steps on the front standing up. And he was a uh, picture of a big city, you know, like a movie running in your head and the big church and all these huge steps leading up to a front, huge American church. And he was sitting out. Uh, they were expecting the, the new preacher, you know, they were their, their new pastor for their church. So they had heard about it and they more so than others coming to meet, you know, maybe the, 
businessmen don't always go with their wives, but they were going to be there this Sunday, so it's a packed crowd. And uh, anyway, he wanted to find out what his flock of, you know, being a new pastor coming to one that this is the type, uh, Richard and I are non-paid clergy, but this is the type that they're so huge they can afford to pay somebody for their time and come in and be, you know, what we would expect a regular job because they have a huge following that can afford paid clergy. So he was sitting out on the steps, but <laughs> nobody knew who he was because they didn't know. I guess they, you know, they didn't have patience, but he had a scruffy beard and hair and hat and old coat. And uh, it was not fall. It wasn't winter, but it was cool. So I will say, we'll say fall, not summer, not snow ground winter. So, you know, he had sitting out there and looked as much like a bum as you can or a street person that you, you know, we would figure a man scruffy and old clothes. And he was begging for money here and there just to hold his hand and out and asking, you know, if you got a little change, a little, and uh, all these people for that big day, all were running, you know, or stepping or meeting each other, going right by him. And he, you know, this and that and the other, and only one out of about, Three to five hundred, if not fifteen hundred, with them up in the top. Well, we see Joel Osteen type things. It wasn't Joel Osteen, by the way, <laughs> but you know, one of those kind of settings. And uh, only one man out of all of those people bothered to even wave to the man, you know, or said hi or welcoming one out of his whole congregation. And he remembered which one that was. But after he went in, that was a huge. Uh, they, you know, it was time for everybody to go in for him to show up, and they were. They started with a um, like a deacon or someone on the front just giving the church news, and so he was at the podium, but he was way in the back of the church, sitting in the back of the church, and people asked him to move, and the, uh, they had they were so big they had ushers, so when he walked in, he was walking up to the front. The ushers made him go back and sit in the back row, <laughs> like where you leave out. They didn't throw him out. But the deacons that were, you know, like not paid clergy but paid positions, or maybe they were just volunteers that passed the plate. If any of you have been to the American big churches, and yeah, I know because I went to most of those in my life in the South and Southern Baptist Convention type. But uh, so he's sitting at the back now, right? So he's listening to the man talk, and people have seen him, and you know, ooh, and when he walked by, going back to the deacons watching him, you know, if he waited till they were pretty much full waiting for him to come in so it made a big spectacle of him trying to get all the way to the front and the deacons halfway stopping him and he tried to sit on a pew and the people were like oh you know and they made him get up and move to the back so you know he got a pretty good figure of how they treated people there right this is the new church so by the time uh Everybody's quiet, and the man's giving the you know the Sunday news of in front this that and the other, you know what's going on in these new news and all that, and uh, they start, you know, and he says, so now we're going to introduce you know whatever his name, Pastor Fitzgerald, we'll say, and so he says that and steps aside with his paper and goes over, sits down, and nothing happens for a moment, you know, you get just enough that everybody starting to little buzz looking at each other looking around no pastor right so he makes sure he gives them a good uncomfortable time of everybody the kids starting to ask mommy what's going on and well where's the pastor and because there's no music nobody 
Everybody's just waiting, okay? You feel the tension, right? Finally, he gets up. You know, this is the bum that, you know, people have seen and ooh and looked at him and wouldn't give him any money out front and all that. And Deacons made, you know, he made sure people saw him. The head maybe missed him, but when he walked up, and the deacons made him go back to the, sit on the back pew. So he walked up to the podium and took his hat off and said, you know, so I'll, he just stood there. <laughs> and everybody just looked around each other. And uh, he made them very uncomfortable. So he just stood there with his hat off. And everybody started feeling really guilty. Some men started crying. Some women started crying. Some people just put their heads down because they all got they, – they realized they'd been had, okay? So all these people had been had because here was the guy that they thought was some big, big city, just a man on the street, the bum, the guy doing without – you know, hanging out on big city steps trying to get something changed or something while the, you know, busy people, middle class, whatever, going up the stairs. And you know what? He didn't even give a sermon. What he did, he says, now, to all think about what happened here today, and we will see you next Sunday. So he got off the podium and... That's how he introduced himself to his new flock, and they were all flabbergasted and shocked, and you know they, you know that was it. And wow, you know how to get to introduce. So he he just he didn't say like anything except I want you to think about what just happened, and we'll see you next Sunday. So how about that? That's some that's some heavy stuff right there. <laughs> So I hope you folks may see that story. Uh, It's out on video. Uh, That's a true story that happened. So isn't that interesting, Pastor Richard? Why, of course, you know, (laughs) simply because you could also. Yeah, go ahead. Well, you could could apply it that what if that had been Christ? Yeah, What if it was Christ sitting there and he was putting a hand out? Not so much to get money, but to be greeted and welcomed into the church. And nobody, did, nobody, I mean, one man out of the entire congregation it waved said, at him, acknowledging uh-huh. his presence, and the rest <laughs> all passed him by. Exactly. And then in turn, and then in turn, they smite him because they wouldn't let him go forward in the church. No one wanted to sit next to him. Instead, they pushed him to the back of the church and made him stay there. And they even condemned him with their comments by saying, ooh, you need to go elsewhere. I don't want you sitting next to me. (laughs) Yeah, they can tell him he can't sit there. Sorry, sir, you'll have to move. (laughs) Right. And then, of course, you know, he he goes to to the podium, you know, when all are silent and all are looking for the new pastor. And the whole congregation turns and realizes, oh, my God. The man that we scathed and that we turned away from and that we, you know, were saying you didn't belong here, you didn't belong here, now turns out to be Christ. And all the man has to say is think deeply what has happened here today. 
In other words, don't don't listen to what I'm saying. See who I am and turn inward to your heart and see where your heart has been today. Exactly. What a what a le- message for his congregation. Exactly. Exactly. You know. They wanted they came to hear a story and meet. Yeah, they met the new they met the new pastor. All right. Yeah, I find it amusing, but it made me so sad. I got a little teary-eyed because I watched the whole video, and it just moved me. You know how those things will move you. Like I watched the Ten Commandments yesterday, but I've been watching it since I was a little girl, like Wizard of Oz, you know, with Moses, right? <laughs> and that's yeah. sort of what Easter's about too: is going to Promised Land on the other side, and you know, Moses leading the people to the Promised Land and crossing over Jordan, and the, you know the blood of the lamb over protected by the Born firstborn again, yeah. and all that and yep. all those stories out in. there yes mm-hmm. there are thousands of thousands of stories upon thousands of thousands of paths you know and i yeah. think they all lead to a very similar place in the fact being that hello you have the presence of god amongst you and how in turn are you going to treat the presence of god whether it be christ or whether it be buddha whether it be uh, Muhammad, whether it be any of a hundred others that I can name, and you would find historically they were all treated very similar. They were all rejected. Okay? They were all castigated. They were all cast out in a manner of speaking because, you know, uh, they, would, they would do things that didn't, were not normal. Okay? And then, of course, in turn, when God inspired them to create miracles. Uh, The miracles themselves were held in awe, and the people were, of course, drawn to them from that point forward because they were saying, okay, well, why is this person able to do this and I cannot? And the person that's doing it in turn says, you can do this and even greater things than I. And so the wonderment is there and yet the responsibility and the ability is turned back upon the people that are following, the people that are listening, uh, you know. And it, it's just um, dumbfounding in a way, simply because, you know, you're talking to a normal person that looks like the rest of us, and all of a sudden they show up, and they're among us, and they're not making, you know, they're not drawing any serious attention to themselves. And then all of a sudden, you know, they get out, amongst, I don't know, two or three hundred people, and they just decide, well, it's meal time, and they just create a meal out of nothing. <laughs> You're talking and about the, the people, loaves and the fish? <laughs> yes, the, the loaves of fish, yes. Excuse the me, sir, but I know that fish. story. <laughs> well, I'm, I, I'm not specifying it to Christianity alone, because it's not that tradition, not, yes, is very yeah. popular, but it is not the only one, okay? That's right. I mean, I there have been many. There have yeah. been many that have gone before him that did the same, and there shall be yeah. many that come after him that are capable of doing the same. And if they truly free themselves to be the true, authentic person that they are in their spiritualness, they can, in fact, do the same. But right. you have to give yourself permission, and you have to accept the fact that you are more than what you've been conditioned to believe that you are. So in other words, it's like you have to wipe the slate clean. You have to say, okay, well, I, I understand that I've gotten to this point, 
and I fully understand the body that I have, and I fully understand the consciousness that I have, and I fully understand all the relationships that I have created, and I understand all the works and all the jobs that I've had and, and the job I may currently have and, and the relationships that I have in the community and the relationships that I have in church and all these various relationships, okay? But the foremost relationship is your relationship to God because it's with God that in turn created you. And it is unto God you shall return. And there because is the Holy Spirit that encompasses oh, yes, definitely. you while you're here. It's not just sure. your energy, folks, your light flick of the bick, so to speak, in today's terms with kids. But, you know, not just your electrical system and your heart and your nervous system, you know, and your body. In your mind, in your consciousness, is not your mind. It's, you know, we can keep going and going forever, but the Holy Spirit that comes is a rebirth, and today is one of those two where a heavenly dove can come down and light on you, so to speak. We use doves for the soul or spirit as, uh, I guess you would say, uh, it's symbolic. And uh, we use a lot of cultural symbol symbolism in our churches, and uh, a lot of them have closed down, and some of the bigger ones with the newer music and the new uh, way of the big congressional groups like Osborne. Most people know the name Joel Osborne in Houston. That's a big arena or civic. Or well, I think I used to go there when they had ice hockey or something in that building. But, you know, it's been years and years ago. But, you know, we may want to talk about the changes that occur because – not only are we going to talk about hope and what you feel on the inside, but, you know, how we help each other. And the reason we even do this show and show up is because there's a lot of people out there that need the companionship of what we offer. And some of them may be sick. Some may be listening in their trucks right now. I happen to know they are in truck stops because I was a truck driver and a lot of them know that, so they relate to me. And then I've also got a lot of people that are paranormal, supernatural, and they uh, know that I follow spiritualism and ghosts and apparitions. So I have a lot of those, but I also have a lot of veterans. And we wore uniforms, and we love America, and we love the red, white, and blue, and the flag, and what it means, and how great, you know, you go through boot camp. I wasn't an officer, I was an enlisted, and how great it felt to put that uniform on and then some during desert storm or whatever after because i was that era but they lost their leg including my husband i've lost my husband but we we still have that spirit and i don't know it's a you can call it a spirit of core or that if any of you remember being in school that spirit but sometimes that spirit leaves you for various reasons and it's something with the church and having people on Sundays to help you get back that spirit of love of your fellow human and kind, uh, sentient, intelligent beings, uh, just people, you know, the humans, uh, to know that it, we are creatures that we were put here to have culture and to have clans and to be tribal. It's not unheard of because – we're not – we have a mother. We're not born just voila or hatched from an egg. We have a human, and we come from a human, and we are biologicals, and we follow those 
that track, they say we're born and men are trying to get back in. They spend the rest of the time trying to get back in. But actually, if you take about like about your 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 human biological, and you had a mother and a, a mother and father, uh, still in this reality where we have some changing, uh, and this is part of the ascension age. Is so we spiritual beings, ascension age masters, can be back here during this huge transition of of time now but to have you remember your mother and father even if you don't know who they were they existed biologically because you're in a biological carbon-based and those cannot be any more unique than you are we're very very rare here even though we come from a lot of different dna strands that are like hybridization here, you know, it's 2323, you can say 46 chromosomes, whatever you want to say in your strands. But a lot of people now know there's a lot more than that, and there's a lot more out in the universe. So there's a lot more brought in and blended into who you are. So right now is a big time when we're going to go back and make another loop around and come back and recognize there's going to be others on the planet soon. And uh, we've been working on the last 25 to 40 years where we're making pieces of beings and uh, we'll just know that we're going to have an artificial intelligence, okay? And Richard and I are already cyborgs uh, with titanium or we've been refitted together, (laughs) if you want to say that. So, uh, you know, depending on how the children are growing up, a lot of the people – that our, our age will be passing. We are the uh, last of the baby boomers during the World War II era. But all those of us, we didn't have a choice to know Internet or have cell phones or the type of video games that children all play with now. But back when our parents were alive, they didn't have a lot of the things that we have now. And the baby boomers, well, we, after this, and by 20, I think they gave me till it was 20, it was 2020. And uh, by the time we get to 2040, it, we will be pretty much beings born and and not just artificial insemination, folks. So I'll leave that thought with you. But please understand that these stories, this day right today is one of the most important. It's a benchmark in our humanity because all those that we came from our parents and their parents which made them our grandparents and then their parents would be our great-grandparents so the reason so many churches especially the latter-day saints or the people that heard from gabriel or angel moroni and lds's which were called mormons at one time and now they call them latter-day saints i believe but lds and they have their own reality too with their records but they all will understand the genealogy because they're they're huge temples and their genealogy they're very big on your biologicals that go back and there's a reason for that and many of mine were mormons my in my dna and in my blood stream and mother and father's side both and many different types and many of you are just like that you're not just one thing in biological so all of us are blended together and so races on this planet now they're they can't prove or disprove but i've just gone through a lot of education watching my daughter die at 46 she was beautiful thin long 
black hair, brunette, blue eyes, the most beautiful extraterrestrial blue eyes you could ever see. But she's gone now. But the way that they treated her, knowing that she had extraterrestrial, and they taught her she was other before she died. So she had to be reborn and go through things, not with baptism, in human form, because they they had to let her body die and give you know give her new a new day where everything. It's very hard to explain. So it's a part of cancer and how they rebirth you. And so she didn't make it. She went through several trials at the end, but. The point is that we, in this time on the planet, is very, very important. And she gave her life up saying that our people, our, our biological would, carbon-based units wouldn't have to self-suffer from cancer because we already know that you're, but you can say it's a hope or a thought that it's an idea, but there are so many, many people that, no, but we couldn't get her cured, and we weren't wealthy at all. We were very low middle class. Uh, we were always that way. I was fortunate to see how other people lived and to be on those paths on my spiritual journey in this reality and death and dying. But I've been around a lot of death and dying these last 20 years, and especially you shouldn't have to live through seeing your child die. It was hard enough my parents dying. So. Please remember, we are those that do want to have family, no matter how much we argue or fight or think about things or people going on a different spiritual path. It's so wonderful to have somebody that is what's called your family. So many times in what we see in television or the way that we've been taught in the last few years is there's so many people that are homeless now. So we can hope that in America that we are going to see those that can make money uh, and pull money and fundraisers together and to help people get homeless. Uh, yes, some of them may have uh, addictions for the wounds they have on the inside, but we need to come together in the entire world and pull all this and help those that are less fortunate out there. And unfortunately, through the years of being in America with the way that we are and things were going so fast, we left a lot of people behind on the street and they don't have a place, especially in the big cities in Oregon and Washington and California and Houston and big cities. Yes, they have a lot more people, but they also have a lot more homeless and Reno and so many cities. So let's hope that as we have this time, starting today, and we still have at least 20 years to see children being born biologically uh, to humans, even though they're a lot of them are already programmed not to have more than one, if any, and is the fact that there's going to be a different being on the planet, and it's going to be a time when you may live through it 20 years from now that you have a different situation of living with people that we may, I may call extraterrestrials now. Uh, and Richard and I will be talking about many levels of beings and extraterrestrials. I've met more than carbon based. I've met other types. I've met some that when 
I had fortunate enough to be escalated into another. It's in this dimension, but a lot of people don't know it. <laughs> so I best not talk about those yet. But, you know, we're all um, – it's supposed to be right now in the fifth dimension with Mother Earth. So I can let Richard talk more of that. But we talk about things, and we will help you understand even at our age, but we come back with all these – having lived through these things over and over and over again and watching the same folding of Mother Earth over herself at the plates where you see the uh, molten lava and the plates where they fold under. And then we lose a lot of the cities and a lot of the old ancient scriptures and many things that were just gone. So we're very glad to have what we have left in Qumran and the Dead Sea Scrolls, right? So, you know, in in, in all the, you know, Ur and all of the things that, uh, in the museums that have been, obviously, uh, we preserved some, but a lot was taken out in the old country in Iraq and Iran. Well, Richard, uh, are you there, Richard? I think she's calling me. Can you hear me? Yes, I'm here. Okay, you talk for a minute. I've got to catch. I think this is her calling from Georgia. If it's 760, it probably is. Okay. She may not know how to get on, but where does she go? Well, she knows all she's got to do is dial in. Uh, Anyways. Well, I missed her call. It's the Georgia number that was calling me. Well, yeah, you go well, ahead. that's probably her. Okay, well, you go ahead and I'll try to catch her, so... I'll put, let's see, how do I put me? You uh, speak to them about who we are now. You know what I'm talking about in the future, right, with AI and biological, but what are we we calling them? We're biologicals. I've forgotten what we're calling them. Uh, Anyway. Biological, I don't know. You could say selected biologicals because that's what they're going to be. We're going to program them basically and be able to come into a center and say, okay, I want my child to have this color hair and this color eyes, and I want them to be this tall, and I want them to have this kind of body structure and this kind of body mass, because we're getting to a point where we basically can almost, and I don't want to be sound heretical on this, but we can almost um, become basically godlike in the fact being that we have more say so in what it is we are creating and uh you know uh, when you can sit here and determine what the child is going to be before the child even has a choice in becoming or is made in becoming i guess you would say that that's selected humanity or that's preconditioned humanity or they're they're you know uh they're going parents in the future are going to have all kinds of abilities as far as choice goes in regards to what kind of children they will actually have and choices that you know are godlike in a matter of speaking because you're playing a role in creation that we never used to play you know what i'm saying when people were born and children were born they came out the womb and then in turn you know whatever you got you got you know, whether they took after their mom more or their dad more or whether they took after, you know, uh, an aunt or an uncle or maybe their grandparents. 
any of their ancestors. They may have taken after them more than they did their parents. But the fact remains that the DNA combination between their mom and their dad is what physically created them. Well, now we're going to be saying, okay, well, we're going to take a specimen of DNA from this person and this person, and they, they in turn will create a child for you. And the child in turn may be created in a test tube or maybe created in, in some kind of format that in turn, uh, you know, is artificial from the aspect being that they are not naturally created as the way God intended. So, Richard? Yes. Can you hear me? Okay, yes. she's here with us now, but uh, the number, uh, uh, Pastor Gigi is here on my phone, but uh, I need to give her the call in number. It was 347 GG 945. Mm-hmm. Seven two zero seven. Is that what you tried? That's what I'm on. I, I can hear Richard talking, and um, I tried your number first because I thought that was the number to the radio show, and I had to look it up, so I put it in my phone. Oh no, so I, I just called you back right now. So right. do you have three four seven? But I'll, when I when I click you off, uh, it'll hang you up. So it's fine. To him I'm on not- my phone. It's fine. I'm already connected to the show. I already dialed in. Richard. Yes, I hear you plainly, or at least I did. All right, TJ, what's going on? Hello? Anyway, as I was saying, you know, uh, when man becomes uh, egocentric to the point that they begin to believe that they're gods, which in some minute form you could say, yes, we all contain the divine essence of God within the center and the heart of our beings. But we have never before now actually began creating beings in our own likeness uh, because that has always been a reserved thing for nature and God to intervene and create the child that the mother is giving birth to. So when you start creating children, out of a test tube in a lab and all of their uh, different features and so forth are chosen in advance, that's not real good. Um, And I don't know, you know, that's going to change how we perceive life even in a manner of speaking. Uh, You could almost say that perhaps, you know, you may be uh, number 23 of uh, brand number uh, 14 because, you know, you, you were selected with the same genomes and the same DNA that the, the other uh, 22 of brand number 14 also possess. So it, it's going to be kind of strange. Um, and then, of course, you know, our artificial intelligence is going to exceed farther than it has now, and our robot-like lives will be just as human in a lot of ways uh, as we are, in regards that they have their own consciousness, they have their own cognition, they're able to think freely, they're able to do things on their own, they're able to make decisions for themselves and all this kind of thing. So anyway, um, this is far stride, of course. We're talking about the future now, and we're just giving you a glimpse of where things are trending to become, okay? Um, That's not fortunately where they are at the moment. Rather, where they are at the moment is we need to, to reach out to all of our families and all of our friends and appreciate all of our ancestors and appreciate 
all of those who made us to become the person that we are now, good, bad, or indifferent, because forgiveness starts with the self and then blossoms outward towards all of those that we feel have offended us in some way. And of course, getting past judgment, getting, being without judgment at all uh, is not easy. But I will, show, I will share with you the way that I have found it to be easiest, and that is I don't judge people, I judge their actions. And the reason I judge their actions is because the actions themselves are calling forth for me either a reaction or in turn asking me to uh, step aside and allow the action to go, ask, go past me. So anyway, that's where we're at. TJ, you there? Hello? Is anyone here with me? Anyway, um, please forgive the background noise. I don't know if you can hear it or not, but off in the distance, someone's cleaning their house or cleaning their store, and they're using a a hose and a a machine, so I don't know if that's being picked up by the radio or not. I would hope not, but I'm trying to shelter it the best way I know how. Can you hear me, Richard? Yeah, I hear you. Is uh, okay. Pastor Dee with us now? Or? Well, what it was is, you know, we could hear you while I had you. I talk, tried to explain to her. I had merged her on the phone, on my phone, and I wanted her to call right. back in on 347. Yeah. Okay. Well, she was saying that she had dialed directly in on 347 and that she could hear us both plainly. So No, that knows? was on anyway. my phone. Yeah, All no, right. well, she well hopefully me. she'll dial back in and, and she'll be able to join our discussion because our discussion is getting rather far afield now, looking into the future <laughs> with, with programmed people and programmed births and artificial intelligence that's just as, just as equivalent as mankind, just like uh, Star Trek and, and you know, uh, Data, uh, you know, the robot that looks human and could do everything that a human could do um, ah. pretty much. And uh, okay. all of this kind of stuff. Um, well, and, she's and, here you know, now. So, uh, Pastor Gigi, uh, you this this uh, is now the radio show. You called in that three four seven number, and while ago I had you merged in on the call. You know, like you do a three way. I had you merged in on my phone, but I, did, right. I realized I couldn't talk. To Richard and you, if you were on merged on me, and I needed you in the studio. So now you're in the studio. <laughs> yeah, so now I was technical difficulties. <laughs> technical difficulties, yep. children. Technical, technical, technical difficulties. Yeah, anyway. because I've heard I've heard the show. I dialed in about maybe twenty minutes ago. The three four seven. Oh wow! And then I. I dialed, I dialed TJ first because I said, well, this is the number. And I know I had to go back and look for it in my phone. Right. And I heard you say, hello, hello. And then you were talking about somebody in the background with a water hose. I'm like, it's hello? <laughs> well, I just, you know, I couldn't hear you and I couldn't hear TJ. And I was hoping to God that, you know, uh, these people that are cleaning stuff with a, a power hose and all is not being picked up by my phone <laughs> in order to be projected into the radio because that's certainly not my... Uh, intention, and oftentimes when this does occur, I actually put my phone on mute so that the background noise cannot be overheard. But if the background noise is not being overheard, that's wonderful. Yeah. Well, how are you today, Miss Gigi? Tell us, uh, you had another show to do, but 
tell us what your day's been like. And uh, are you in Atlanta, Atlanta, Georgia, today? Yes. First of all, hello everyone, and and he has risen, and and happy Easter to those who celebrate Easter and Jesus Christ. I'm in Atlanta, and today has been a really hectic day for me. Um, I've been working, and I'm trying to work on some productions that I'm doing and also uh, working with people and consulting them about their lifestyle because I am a Christian life coach. And my day has been pretty hectic, cooking and cleaning as usual, and um, reading and writing as usual. So I'm kind of multitasked here, and um, that's all I've been doing today, just thanking God for being here another day. and. Um, being able to connect with you and Richard today, and hopefully um, next Sunday as well. I'm trying to make a um, a habit of this so I can be permanent, you know, collect connected to you, but my radio shows kind of clash sometimes, so I have to call in. But I will call in. It's just unfortunate that I had a lot of things going on last week. Um, so well, that's about we it. Appreciate, we appreciate you coming and helping us build this church this ohana group for a family and we should say folks that ohana is for family yes it's out of hawaii and some kids know about ohana because it's on lilo and stitch something like that so (laughs) ascension church ohana and uh, pastor Gigi, tell us uh what all you would like to share with richard and me because this is our first time to really do a nice Sunday where we can all be here. We've still got about 50 minutes left, which will be a long time for <laughs> folks. But we, you always come in. We've already done an hour, so you come in and offer new energy when you come in, I guess, due to your other church and radio show. So this is yeah. uh, roughly an hour left. So where would you like to begin? Anything that's on your mind or would like to share with me and Richard or? We don't know what we're doing. We're just, you know, hoping. Oh, you, do, you, do. <laughs> you guys know what you're doing. It, it's very, it's very penetrating. I was listening to both of you, but yeah, I was. Well, I can talk about the DNA, but since you've already closed that out, because there was a lot of discussion going on, you know, over the over the time period of last year. Well, two years ago, actually, about changing eye color, hair color, and all that kind of stuff, you know, for children. But Rich has already covered that, though. I wanted to talk about pursuing the, the contentment of a Christian because it's it's a priceless spiritual treasure, you know, to have a discontented spirit. And today is, of all days, is the day of, you know, the risen Christ. And, and so many people don't agree with um a lot of religions and everything, but for those who do believe in Christ and that he has risen again today, um, I'd like to say um, the contentment shows your humbleness, your humbleness when you submit to God, and, and this will allow you to experience God's peace in a continued spirit to help you to worship him. So, you know, people will ask me a lot of times, what does that contentment mean? And the contentment means is that it's your peaceful you know, you're just in that mode for God and you want to do everything that's right and you want to spread that word with everyone because knowing God's plan for your life and having a conviction to live it and believing that God's peace is greater than the world's problems, you're in the house. You've got it made. And, you know, learning and focusing on family and trying to teach 
and keep those people in your family line in contentment and helping them to learn contentment and humility is one of the best things in the world for me because that's how I was brought up. And there is no secret to contentment. You either do it or you don't do it because of the fact that if you understand God's sovereignty and if you learn how to keep yourself in control, then God doesn't want something to happen to you. It won't happen because so many people always say, God didn't help me. Well, he did, didn't realize it, and you didn't see it. But, you know, having that peaceful contentment there in your heart and your spirit is most important and believing that God is out there for you all times, 24-7. And that's what I wanted to, to, to really talk about and reflect on because it was so important to me about the Christian values in life that we had a family discussion about it yesterday. And it's very fulfilling, you know, and... um those are my views right now for the moment. If you'd like to ask me, Richard or PTJ, Pastor TJ or Pastor Richard, anything else, I'm, I'm here to answer your questions. Well, I was raised that way, too. I went through the Southern Baptists and then the Latter-day Saints. And I, it was just a coincidence that my family, uh, my father switched over. My mother never did. But, you know, folks, it's like it doesn't matter if you're all on a spiritual path. So, you know, I went through that. Uh, Jesus is the only way that we understood to get from this planet to another planet, sort of like a portal. And I know a lot of people say, but how do you know? How do you know he's not a picture or a meme, as the kids say today? How does he? Because they haven't met him. But you, it's a feeling in your heart and acceptance of something so close and dear. And so. Fortunately, a lot of these books that are left on the planet, and we go by the King James Version mostly in America, but you know, it, we don't have to talk about all world religions are all are similar and connected. So there's many paths, but even for those that don't believe in the in the books, there's still a spiritual journey, and the path for us. It's very easy with our church because it starts with the word ascension. And so that was in 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 our in my reality that was how my family grew up was knowing Jesus was the way the truth the way the truth and the life and except by through him could you get to his father so that is what in today's reality they call a portal of ascension so you uh how would you say that with spirit now uh since you said we could ask you questions because we're we're going to be uh, there's a lot of uh, – you probably didn't hear the first hour where I talked about a story. It was a, a pastor that uh, showed up, and uh, it, it was interesting. So uh, – but how would you say – because what we teach are the lessons that we know and we experience in our heart, but we also have experienced it by the cultures that we're raised in. And maybe many people follow Muhammad and Allah, and they are taught different, but they also have the same what we call Abrahamic faiths, folks. The Abrahamic faith, meaning through Abraham, was first actually the Jewish religion, Hebrew and the Israel story that you you study with Moses and the uh, first covenant and the, and the first Torah and the Jews. And then from there is where you got Angel Gabriel speaking and how you had Muhammad 
visited, and then he didn't even read or write. They had to have that translated, or some other people wrote that for him, his verses. And I forget how many there are, and I think it's – well, we, I won't even go into all that because you can look that up yourself. But then there was also uh, Protestants, and there's a whole history in world religions. And uh, there were so many pagan beliefs before that of the old gods. And so I was listening to some people – television miss Gigi talking about you know the old uh ishtar and that's where the easter came from and then hiding the eggs and you know even the tree for christ it was all the pagan but they were from the old gods you know so how would you say in today because in today's life we know there are many extraterrestrials and many mansions as my father in heaven is the way the many people say it in the stories but uh, we're sort of blending today the new the new kids on the block, so to speak, and the way they talk with the way you know you and I think of extraterrestrials and angels and ascended masters. But still, many of us on today's date would like to remember, like you said, Christ. Or my daughter actually got a tattoo with Yeshua, Yeshua, written on Yeshua. her arm. Yeshua, yeah. Yes. But can you talk about that? The kids today, they, they talk much about the old scrolls and translated from Hebrew, Greek, and Latin, and Sumerian. They know about the Anunnaki. They know about Yahshua or Yeshua. So, yeah, could you speak to that? Yes, I can do my best. Um, and with Yahshua, you know, in the, in the religion that we have now, the most important thing is to me personally, in my own opinion, is that I always um, – follow in Philippians 4, 11, and 12. You know, when St. Paul writes, I have learned to be content with whatever I have, which means that I'm learning everything new every day, but I'm also content with what I have in my past and in my present at this time. Learning of the Yahshua and the Anunnaki and the um, unknown is essential for us to grow and to live and to understand in this world because of the fact that I know what it is to have just a little and know what it is to have plenty. So understanding that and having put what you said and what Richard said into some kind of um, basis for life for me and for others that are listening in, I think that you should learn how to first suffer the humility, learn in your spiritual self how to go about doing what you need to do in Christ, learning to be more efficient in your life as far as understanding because there's a lot out there that we don't understand. And our consumer culture, we need to learn how to have that. It's something like an advertisement pitch maybe to let people know what we're about and to know who we are and to try to teach for each one. We teach one what we feel. And if they accept it, fine. If not, we move on to the next person. But my spiritual content tells me that we need to be fed because we're hungry. And if we need to have plenty of food, spiritual food is what we need, first of all, in my opinion. And that's how I feel about it in my in my spiritual self, TJ. That's a beautiful thing. Can you hear me? Yes. I don't Oh, okay. I didn't know if I lost you. I, I I didn't put it on mute. I set it down and was listening. I just love to hear you you've got a beautiful voice. It's very melodic. Are you a singer as well? <laughs> I used to be when I was when I was growing up, but no, I just um this is how we talk. This is huh. just me. Well, no, Richard um, likes it too. Richard was telling me how melodious or how how smooth and 
So we both are. Uh, you, you almost you, you almost have a hypnotic voice. Did you ever hypnotize people or take people back in past life regressions? I've done that a couple of times. Well, actually, I've done it four times, and um, they tell me that they want me to do it all the time for them. But it's not good to do it all the time because sometimes right. you can bring up things the person is not ready for to accept. Um, as far as virtual reality and all those other kind of things, they may not be ready for all of those things. So I try to read, you know, use my cards to read um, to the best of my ability and to try to teach them how to learn how to take care of themselves and assert themselves in the contentment that they need to be in for that spiritual reality to take place. Richard and I used to talk often about ascension, and um, and we still do. And I listen to him because, you know, he's so knowledgeable about a lot of things, and I just consider myself as a student when I'm listening to him. But um, as far as anything else is concerned, uh, TJ, I read this book called The Virtue and the Vice by, Ma- by Robin Myers. Um, it's very interesting because it brings about some sort of peacefulness and an easy feeling in the way that you can rationalize yourself into the spirit world, into the real world, and know how to just focus. And if you know how to focus, then you'll be able to better, you know, uh, operate yourself in life because of the many things that are going on right now. You know, so I try to teach people gratitude, joy, loving yourself, you know, and um, getting away with jealousy. Don't compare things to, to yourself as you do to other people because of the fact that it can cause a lot of confusion. You know, I know I've been here many times, many, many times, and all the times that I've been back, I still have the same message. You know, have that spirituality and that Christianity already embedded in you if you if you intend to to help people. You know, just having that basic gratitude practice is the most important thing of all. And you don't take your possessions that you have for granted because of the fact that God gave you these spiritual gifts. And that's what I mean by possessions. Um, you learn how to utilize them to help other people in every day because of the fact me, myself, as being a director and a, and a playwright and writing movies and directing people on stage and teaching people how to act, it's essential that you learn how to respect other people because if you don't respect other people, you'll never be able to move that Christian path along your way. You won't be able to walk down that Christian path because you blocked yourself. And that everyday prayers are very important for people. You know, so spiritual awareness, learning the past and the present, learning how to 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 get along with people is one of the best things in the world. Don't hate anyone. Try to understand them. And if you don't understand them, go a little bit deeper and ask them questions. Try to get into their spirit or their 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 mental stability to see if you can help them better along the way because of the daily benefits of contentment. These things are most important. Well, that's very pretty, and it's uh, it makes me think of if uh, a buddy Sapa see the do that. Oh, I've got someone. I'm sorry. Hold on. Uh, go ahead, Richard. Can you hear me, Richard? Yes, I would agree, Gigi. I mean, you know, 
the foremost thing is to acquire inner peace, an inner stillness where you recognize that, you know, you are one with God, you are one with Christ. You share in Christ's consciousness from the aspect being that you are learning every day how to love others more and more unconditionally, without judgment, without drama, without uh, the loss of respect, without arguing, without uh, fighting, without, you know, all of these various things. And, of course, you know, once you have found that inner peace, fortunately that's one thing in life that can never be taken from you. It is always theirs. It is always yours. It, it is no one else can lay claim to it because it's always yours. It's yours in spirit as it is yours in consciousness. And, of course, I could also agree very heavily in the fact that one of the foremost issues of today is respect because, unfortunately, a lot of people, uh, younger people and even some older people, don't respect themselves anymore. And when a person loses respect of the self, they also lose all respect outwardly. So they no longer respect their fellow man. They no longer respect the possessions of their fellow man. They no longer respect the creations of their fellow man. And in turn, they no longer respect or even give sentiment or acknowledgement to what other people may believe or may not believe or traditions they may or may not follow. And I mean, uh, you know, considering that mankind is all one family of man, we were all created by God and unto God we shall all return, regardless of what paths we have, or journeys we follow. I mean, you know, uh, TJ was giving emphasis to um, the historical side of Christianity, and yes, it goes back a good ways. Of course, Judaism or, you know, the Hebrew Kabbalah and the Hebrew texts and the Torah and all of the creation myths of the Hebrews, is, of course, the four-part that forms the four-part of, of the Bible itself. And, of course, in turn, you have the advent of Christ, and Christ came forth, and he said, Look, I have fulfilled all the prophecies, and I come forth now that I may make a covenant, a new covenant with you in the here and now, and that, you know, I take away all your sorrows. All you must do is fully accept me in your heart. And again, you know, if, if you expand it outwardly from Christ alone into God themselves, okay, you're, you're talking, uh, here you have before you an emissary of God themselves in front of you in the spirit of, and the presence of Christ. So what Christ is teaching you, the three golden rules, you know, love yourself and love all others as you would yourself. Treat yourself as you would treat all others and in turn, of course, uh, judge not lest you be judged. And so, you know, that's, that's the three golden rules that I try very well to live by, even though I'm a theolo theolo ah, theologian and uh, a practitioner of religious yes. science and all that good stuff. Yes. Go ahead. Yes, and, and, and I agree with you because I was listening to you guys, and, and, and the history of the Christianity is one of my favorite topics because of the fact that a lot of people, there's so many people that just don't really know when it originated, you know, and way back in, in C.A.D. 30 and 33 in Jerusalem and um, in the, Ro who is it, the Roman province of Judea, I believe it was the Roman province of Judea, and the followers, they believed that according to the gospel, Jesus was the son of God. 
But, you know, today there's so much controversy and so many different textbooks are saying that he wasn't the son of God, he was a fake, he was this, he was that. You know, if you just go back into that history, people, and read that he was the son of God and he did die for the forgiveness of sins and was raised from the dead on this exact day. Well, you know, he rose from the dead on Easter Day. And he was exalted by God. So, therefore, if you understand what it means for him to be risen again, he's accepting the kingdom of God. That's what he's doing. He's letting us know that he's back again and he's going to go ahead and bring some kind of conclusion, you know, to everyone. You know, by developing that early Christian church and calling schism, well, I can't say the word schism, I believe that's schism, I excuse my southern accent, schism between Judaism, Judaism and Jewish Christianity. So all of those things I've been doing research on because I knew that you were talking about she and you may talk about that today. And I was just reading and, and going into um, different different parts of the history of the Christian when it first originated, Christianity, when it first originated, you know, even to the Trinitarians, the Christianity. So a lot of people know that it's a state of religion. And, uh, you know, we go from there because the state church of the Roman Empire, the Christological debates and all those things about the human and divine nature of Jesus, it really consumed itself in the Christian churches for two centuries or more. So, I think that reading, and as she asked me what about my spiritual belief, my spiritual content lies in the history, and I want to I want to grow with it, and I want to grow even further into the future. It's just like stepping into a parallel universe. You know, if that was possible, if I could do that right now at this minute, to go back into time and and go to the historical places of the Christian real religion and no, you know, if I could just be a missionary just to spread the activities among people. You know what I'm saying? So it's um, it's just a spirit thing that I have. It's a connection. It's like a magnet to me. So it interests me a lot, and I, I'm trying to teach the people, the young people in my family and anyone else that will listen to me about studying before and now. Richard? Sure. I mean, I could not agree with you more. I mean, you can't appreciate the flower unless you know the roots from which the flower blossoms. And yes, there is a great steeping of history and all of the suffering that went on and all of the the discrimination that went on. And yet at the same time, there are highlights of Christ's life that are often passed over. I mean, he was rebuking the the Jewish elders in their synagogues and saying, no, you are not teaching right because this is not how God feels towards mankind. You must illuminate yourselves and understand that in essence, the spirit of God moves to us all and that in turn, it is his composium of love and that it is this love that I represent. And of course, then mm-hmm. they, they wanted to make set him apart and make him a king. And he said, no, I am not king. I am what you call me, but I am no king. Rather, I am the son of God. And that is the pinnacle 
point of learning right there because in that one sentence it says it all. Um, to say, you know, that, that I am the Son of God, that I and my Father are one, that is saying that, you know, I have brought down the entirety of the consciousness of God into my presence, into my heart, and into my spiritual essence to the extent that I now appear before you as that Son made manifest. And, of course, it was from that point forward he began created miracles. He began, he rose Lazarus from the dead. He made the blind see. He made the deaf heal, you know, hear, and all of these kind of things. And, and of course, we're uh, not really joking, but we're just testifying from the aspect being that, you know, he had three loaves of bread, and from that three loaves of bread, he manifested thousands of fish so that in turn he could, feel, he could feed the multitude. And then, of course, he, he, he raised up a cup of water and he turned the water into wine in significance that, of course, now is consecrated in mass in thousands of churches all around the world. You know, if you will eat of my body and drink of my blood, you will be saved because in this, within this act, you're accepting fully within my, you're accepting my being fully within the being of yourself not only from a physical manifestation, but also from a spiritual belief. And I think that this, this is the very root that has been shaken the most. Gigi? Exactly. Exactly. I, I really agree with you on that because um, I guess maybe a couple of days ago, maybe it could have been maybe three days ago, my sister and I were talking about, you know, the pathway and the um, the books of the Bible and the earlier followers of Jesus Christ. And, you know, we we do know that it was, a, a, you know, an apocalyptic Jewish, there were apocalyptic Jewish Christians that actually followed him in, in because it talks about it in Acts 9, 1, through, 1 and 2. And they described themselves as disciples of the Lord and followers of the way. And according to Acts eleven twenty six, a settled community of disciples at Antioch were the first to be called Christians. So what you're saying is all in in, in unison with, with the history because of the fact that, again, I'll, I'll say that people don't really go into the history. I'm saying not all people don't do it, but a lot of people don't. They take the Bible as the Bible today, you know, even though the Bible has been changed so many times. But the real history lies in Judaism and, you know, learning, learning what the Egyptians studied, there's one of my favorites, Osiris, and he's one of my um, favorite people that uh, in Egypt, Egyptian times that I like to study a lot because of the afterlife and what he believed in and what he knew, what he saw, and how he could could um, interject that into the lives of the people in his family and in his community back in his time. So um, there's something else that I'm studying, you know, the halakha. And I, I want to try to get a better understanding of it. It's, you know, it, it's a Jewish book, and um, I want to make sure that I can understand, you know, the the whole, um, I guess, pathway of this book to learn about the new covenant and demon faith in Jesus Christ, and you know, having all of that for the faithful and the righteousness, because 
it's something that grew apart from us, and it grew apart from Judaism and Jewish and the Jewish, you know, in the Jewish community and Christianity a long time ago. Well, two centuries ago. So I'd like to learn more about that, and and maybe you know you can help me. You and TJ can get me to better understand that one because I'm learning how to read um, Hebrew. Very difficult, but I'm learning it. And I'd like to understand a little bit more about it because there's just so much stuff to cover. You know, back in the day, you know, Richard, when there were pictures and descriptions of of pictures with uh, UFOs and things of of sorts in the sky, you know, and people didn't believe all this stuff and now it's coming true, you know. And it was already there in biblical times. People just didn't pay attention to it. But now they're bringing sight to it. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. I mean, chariots of fire, you know, coming out of the sky. <laughs> too. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I just hope that yeah. I'm not talking in circles to you guys because my mind works like a a backwards clock sometimes. So I no. hope I'm making sense. <laughs> I think you're bringing up Ezekiel, and uh, NASA actually has made a patent of that wheel. So uh, Mm -hmm. one of the NASA astronauts, you know, he had, not astronauts, but one of the NASA scientists wasn't real sure about what he was hearing about, and uh, that's one of the things that, uh, not Zachariah Sitchin, but uh, Chariot of the Gods, uh, gosh, what did I forget, Eric Von Donneken, is that his name? Von Daniken, yes. Von Duncan. Yeah, he talks about the, he talks about the man from NASA because he's been around forever. He didn't want his uh, belief because he was, uh, you know, a young boy that was studying and he read Hebrew and was getting all of what he was reading out of the original Bible, you know. But he was like, when he was studying Moses up on the mountain, you know, and he was talking to God, but he, they had pit of fence and. You know, he was like, what? And he was listening, and, and it just amazed him, you know. So Eric Vandonikin says he doesn't want what he's found out in his journey, his spiritual path, to be a religion any more than, you know, any other thing. But Ezekiel and the wheel, right, folks? You know what I'm talking about in the Bible, the book of Ezekiel. But the wheel within a wheel. And if you think about it, I read it out loud on this uh, one Easter or one holiday Ezekiel and they got this believe it or not folks the one I got the most hits on was the day that I had posted I would talk about Ezekiel and that's the, like the number one show in eight twelve years got the more hits than anybody <laughs> so they knew about yeah. Ezekiel Quill you know I broke it down for them I read the scriptures and broke it I read it you know in today's reality but I, I read right out of King James version because that's the one I was brought up on but folks there's plenty of versions and a lot of people use the Ethiopian version of the Bible right in Africa and they say that's the most mm-hmm. truest right so there's a lot of different versions of the older Bible and then the new Bible but Ezekiel's will you guys because that's where we start talking about those from the heavens came which winds up also being the Anunnaki are those of the sky beings. But, you know, there's a lot of the old uh, uh, visions and uh, divine wisdom that comes from the visions of Ezekiel's vision of the temple and the will verse. And so uh, you won't, might want to learn the vision and explain. And, but it's in the Bible, so read it and get what you can out of it and uh, study what other people say about the will. But uh, 
they, a lot of people, you know, just people in general, especially ancient aliens, have claimed that the UFO sighting was recorded. It's like one of the mm-hmm. main sightings of Ezekiel 116 was the appearance of a wheel that worked and it was like unlike a color of barrel and they describe it in the likeness. And if you were thinking uh, that NASA actually took the discovery of how they wrote that and made a patent of the wheel and use it today, that's absolutely amazing to a lot of people. So it was like you said, they're finding out many things today. But yeah, that is one of the root stories that people will tie into Bible story and to extraterrestrial and star beings. But Bible study is very important for those that have a passion or a uh, they're on their truth. Uh, they're true light workers and truth seekers, but that they need to go through that. And a lot of my friends did have Bible studies through the years. Uh, I haven't seen anybody around here lately, but they will sit down and discuss. So some of you may want to look at that, the Living Bible, even a copy of that. Mm-hmm. There's all types of Bibles and all types of stores and bookstores. So the book of Ezekiel, and look at that and then compare it, you know. But even if you thought about it of just jets setting down, and if you saw jets setting down and one had a tiger on it for like the logo brand, one had a face of a bull, you you know, you can envision flying spacecraft with various what we call today branding on the side, (laughs) which is what I sort of saw. I was like, oh, I know, because I was in the Navy, and I was in, you know, I was in the Air Force bases. I know what they're talking about, because that's one way my brain started seeing extraterrestrials coming down, but still with similar, uh, you know, logos on them. But that's Mm -hmm. not exactly how the patent of the wheel came about. They actually describe how the patent, the wheel was made. So, you know, it's good to sit down and it's okay if everybody has a difference of opinion or they've heard different stories, and you can all compare them. And then what we say in our community, what I call the spiritual community, and I've extended it to spiritual science community due to quantum physics and working with philosophers now that are going and trying to learn how people like me, Southern and Southern Baptist, and you know, grew up, and how how can we be so strong on the Jesus story? Well. We studied it. You know, we went to church on Sundays, and we went to Bible school during the vacation Bible school when we weren't in regular school. And on my regular school in the middle of the week, we had choir practice at school, and then we went to choir practice at the church. And then we went to church on Wednesdays. So, you know, a lot of people were, we call it indoctrinated, but a lot of people nowadays, a lot of kids didn't get all that training, especially out in the West, and they really resent people like us because – they didn't have what they call indoctrination or programming, but it was just as what we were exposed to in our culture, especially in the southern. They call it the Bible Belt, folks. So, <laughs> and uh, yeah. you'll hear all kind of terms, right? Yeah, go ahead if you want. <laughs> the Bible Belt, right? We're in it. Right, were... right, right. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I just I, I heard you talk the advanced teachings of, but I like the stories that you study too. There's the extra books besides the Bible, and then people will compare all the verses. There's all types of ways to study the written word of stories of our ancient origins, and so I have ACO, which is ancient culture origins, but I have Ascension Center. Mm-hmm. So ACO, the presence of God within us. Now the inner voice. 
do we have time to talk about that or have we already been talking about we could add to the soul path and the ascended masters and how to add in uh, karma dharma incarnation because Jesus was showing folks what reincarnation is all about. It's sort of like, okay, you know, I went in here and you guys put me under and I agreed and it was hard and I talked to my dad and, but I still made it through. And so like on the third day, you know, the, you know, and he had the shroud, they call it the shroud of turn because of where it's located mm-hmm. over him and his energy is like x-rays or something imposed on the shroud. So whether that's true or not, we like to believe that. So there's all types of, stories on Easter and the day that uh, Jesus rose. But see, then we say he walked the earth 40 days and 40 nights. So we had another extension for 40 days. A lot of people don't know how he walked the earth. He came back and showed Thomas and, you know, Thomas, the doubting Thomas put his finger in. He's like, oh, my gosh, it is him. You know, so There's so many stories that are very uplifting. But, you know, it may or may not resonate with you. But to me, it was just the way I was brought up, and it was like – part of my life so I've just adopted it as one of the parts of me like a thread in me but now I will tell you this uh, Pastor Gigi that when I went here and I I had died when my husband died uh, there was a a separation like at the navel I saw the heart chakra in the navel but I knew we had it because when I first met him I, I was away from him for five years in trucks some we teach people together on the on the road around the United States coast to coast. Some would team, and then we were both trainers. But right before he died, at the end of his bed, I was standing there, and I I fell, and then I it was the, because I knew he was going to pass. You know, he had already told me if I take him to the doctor or take him to the hospital, he would pass. And you know, I wasn't mm-hmm. trained in all my training in the South that people know they're going to die. I just so this is a much higher understanding and working with people that would work with extraterrestrials in this human form. You know, he he was uh, very good about being a pastor's son of a uh, his father taught. These were little country, old country up in the hills of Kentucky, little white, you know, little beautiful little white buildings with the little outhouses. You know, they taught at those type of little churches. His grandfather, he was 109 years old. But he passed his church to me through spirit. But what I'm talking about, Pastor Gigi, is the spirit that I felt because we were bonded as as husband mm-hmm. and wife. And I felt it grow as I got to know him. And when he would uh, be 15 feet, I, I really wanted that more and more. And I think that is a bonding, folks, a spiritual bond through your navel uh, and your heart chakra with your other spouse. And... Mm-hmm. Uh, when he passed, I didn't have this as my first two husbands, but this he was my third husband. We were married. We were together 20 years, but the first five years was coast to coast in big trucks. But at the night that he – or the day that he, he – he didn't want to go, but they said they wanted to take a biopsy of his lung, which is actually what killed him because they poked a hole in his lung. And then it didn't clot right, and he died, you know, but – the thing is, it was a long-suffering day and in a lot of pain, you know, but uh, I just knew he was going to pass, so it took me a while, but I came back. But I actually died, they said, you know, when they picked me up. They said I was not in my body. They, people, they did code blue in the hospital, and I could hear it, but I was sitting on top of myself again, uh, Pastor Gigi. My spirit, you know, the part I'm talking about with my husband had to break apart from him. 
it literally yeah. made, made me physically die because the shock was so I didn't want him to go, you know, and we, uh, a friend of mine was with her husband, and she died the same day that he did in the hospital from uh, that. You know, she just stayed in the room, and, and she passed out. No, he passed out first. No, she, let's say I think she died, then he died. Anyway, it, one of the two. So you'll hear a lot of that, folks, that people that have been together for a long time are, are meant to be together or what, however you bind your spirits, and we will do a lot more of that with the Ascension Church Ohana because Ohana is for family and church is for us, the people, the gathering. And Ascension is teaching you about all of that and how you raise that Ascension and that consciousness. But you can come back down into this body, which is apparently what Pastor Gigi and Pastor Richard and I have bonded us together now because I have no other so this church, and I did say I would give up everything to God if he would give me, you know, let me do his work here. And that gave me back my voice, you know, after they cut my throat and I couldn't talk. And, they, you know, after my husband they gave me back my body. I wasn't really asking to stay, but they left me here when he, he passed. So mm-hmm. I had to suck it up and, you know, be real and then come back. And then I know when, when God told me that I would experience more pain on earth than I'd ever experienced before, that's not something you want to hear, folks, from your Heavenly Father. <laughs> so, you know, that was that was with my daughter, one of my lives before this one, and then uh, the daughter that passed. But the daughter that I came into life when I died with her, you know, so this spirit that I'm talking about, folks, it's real. And as you get more empathic with other people, this spiritual journey, and you find your soulmate maybe, and you bond in that energy, uh, it can literally knock you right out of your body, just like the movie Ghost with Patrick Swayze. But it's really something. It's real. You may not can see it, but we'll talk a lot about that because it's very, very real to me, and I've had many experiences, and and they're different. Uh, I know I'm discussing the same energy, but I think it almost depends on the application. So I know Pastor Gigi and Pastor Richard know what I'm talking about, but in, in we'll say in the spirit world that not only in the Christian walking the path of uh, the journey of less traveled, but Jesus showed us how to do it, and you know he he had a couple of people there standing there with him. Elijah was one of them, I believe, but there's. Two witnesses watched him being raised up into the sky, to the heavens, right? You guys know that story, right? It was different, not just after he they rolled the, the stone away and the shroud was there and he came out. And you know, the angels said, you won't find him here, you know. So Mary went back and told the other prophets and the apostles. And, uh, you know, then Thomas, he came and visited Thomas. But then later, you know, like 40 days or what will they say? Three minus probably thirty-seven days. Anyway, that's going to happen. So we got that to look forward to. So there's a forty-day period in here that some people celebrate. So that's up to you. But you know what I'm talking about, Pastor Gigi, and y'all want to. You know what I'm talking about? It's like the. In a, in a way, we say the dove when he was uh, John baptized Jesus, folks. As they were talking about, but when he was. Um, baptized and the spirit came down and boom so that's like the 
with his Father or the Holy Spirit or the Comforter. So a lot of people ask, well, what's the Comforter? Well, it's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit for those of you that have followed many of the Protestant religions. And, and Richard can mm-hmm. talk about it too. But that is the power of three we use, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, our Father, Mother, God, and the child. And a lot of people do it that way. But you've got to realize that three is very powerful. This whole universe is based on the number three. And a lot of you may not know this, but it spins out even when we break down at CERN in Switzerland, the Hadron Collider. And it splits those atoms up and spins out those neutrons, protons, electrons. And inside the photon, they've got these little gluon and they've got these little paths. So photon is the one with the light. That's what makes us see things. So there's a lot of things we may not can see, but they're there. So I guess I better – the self-mastery of that process is evolving, folks. So we as ascended masters and ascension masters will will assist all of you that maybe haven't uh, passed in this reality. And so the the realities are joining together, and the ascended masters are always enjoying – how they can be of service. And uh, Jesus is one of the major ascended masters now, folks. So uh, it's going to be fun working with uh, the ascended masters. And uh, Jesus just happens to be my master of choice. Uh, you know, some like Mother Mary, <laughs> Buddha, St. Francis, Vishnu. But all of them are good. <laughs> you know, we're <laughs> If I might, if I might interject a thought here, all right. Okay. In honor of the day in which we are celebrating Easter, all right, we uh, acknowledge the fact that Jesus, the Christ, okay, conquered death. Well, in actuality, there is no such thing as death. There is only the change of manifestation of energy. So now that's a very deep thing to say. But in actuality, we are energetic beings of consciousness. And, of course, this was showed to me on one particular instance when I was legally dead for 33 minutes and all this kind of thing, which I'm not going to get into. But the point that I want to stress is the fact that he died so that, in fact, we ourselves would never again experience true death. He conquered uh, sin, evil, um, degradation, all kinds of different things he took upon his heart so that in turn we ourselves would never again suffer death, provided, of course, that we immerse ourselves in the love and the mercy and compassion that he presents to us. So that being said, we must understand that when a loved one or a person is taken from us, and they're never taken early because God all calls us home at the right time in the right place, all right, and that's also kind of deep in a way, but the fact of the matter remains that spirit is always around you. They can hear you. All you have to do is think about them. All you have to do is talk to them, and they become aware of your willingness to communicate with them, and they will, in fact, communicate with you. Why? Because spirits don't die. The body dies, or as they like to say, nobody leaves here alive, all right? Now, of course, as you said uh, Pastor Teresa, there's only three in the Bible that ever actually left the earth alive, one of them being Christ, of course, the other one being Elijah, and the other one being Ezekiel. All three of these were seen to walk up into the clouds. Now, of course, that would say that, hello, they transited earth, and the capability of earth's force upon their bodies 
that that force was annulled, and therefore they went into God's house directly, body and all. Now, that's quite a mouthful to say. But normally, of course, we all die, we leave our bodies behind, and our spirits then in turn enter the house of God or enter the spiritual home of a soul so that in turn we may rejoice and we are no longer bound into a physical body. But there is in actuality no further death because death is nothing but a word that means change. And the sooner we understand this, the sooner we will completely expand and um, increase our understanding to a great deal. So yes, we mourn, we grieve, because that's the right thing to do. Hello, you've lost a physical person. But as long as that physical person is alive in your heart, you've never lost them at all. They're always around you. They can hear you. They can see you. And they can even interact in your lives. Sometimes they will move objects. Sometimes they will leave scents in your house. Sometimes they will even give you tastes. Sometimes they will uh, turn on and off lights. Just to let you know that spirit is eternal. Spirit does not die. The gift that we were given by God in the creation of ourselves as spiritual entities are eternal and immortal. Our spirits do not die. Our spirits cannot really be harmed in the physical realm. It is only our bodies that are harmed in the physical realm. So, on that note, I would say that yes, Christ came forward this day to demonstrate that he had fully conquered death and that we ourselves are no longer spiritually exposed to death. Rather, we are resurrected in spirit through the love and compassion of his heart, so that in turn, when we experience death, it is only the body that dies and not the spirits. And a lot of people may not know this, why uh, we're so big on olive oil, or when Jesus' feet were, that was one of the foot foot washing in some of where I uh, was... uh, attended pastoring uh, in the hills for the 20 years, learning on the music ministry I was on in the hills of Kentucky, some of the greatest church. uh, And all of them, trust me, they only believe in the Bible. (laughs) That is, they don't know. I didn't meet one Buddhist, didn't meet a Catholic. Now, I did meet some uh, the horse and buggy people because we went and got, uh, what are they called? Amish. Thank Amish. you. From Pennsylvania, yeah. That, and that was from the Anabaptists. So they were anti-baptism. If you want to know why they're called Anabaptists, A-N-A-B-A-P-T. They were against the water. Their children, there was a dispute in the old church back in the old country. So by the time they got to Pennsylvania, they said, no, we don't believe in that. Their kids, you know, they didn't swim back then. They were doing it in the, you know, lakes, and some of them were drowning, and some of them, they just didn't understand. There was a whole bunch of arguments about this baptism thing, okay? <laughs> and we're talking about the speech and the feet. But they got to be where they symbolized, okay? God's, we'll just say that God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit came to agreement. Okay, you guys can use this oil, okay? So we'll do that. So, you know, now you guys may have a different opinion on this, about the two anointed ones with Enoch and uh, uh, who did I say earlier? I not Isaac. Uh, I said, uh, see the two witnesses. Ezekiel, were, Elijah, Enoch, and not is uh, well. Oh, I can't think of that one. Uh, I can you uh, think of it? Why did it slip my mind? 
anyway, the ones that are building the temple, the, the spiritual things that they had accomplished, they could use the olive oil to symbolize the Holy Spirit, as far as I'm getting with this, folks. So when they were, uh, back in the day when they were all sandy and dirty and, you know, didn't have bathrooms like we have, they, you know, it was a, sort of a nice thing to anoint. It basically clean you off, okay, with water if they had it, which was a rarity, and they, but they would use the olive oil to clean your oil and of course the incense myrrh and all that those were gems and and they were they would you know put them in the smoke for the smelling better because a lot of those llamas and think of camels they didn't smell good there's a lot of reasons why we have these cultural traditions but we did put spiritual meanings behind them so we sort of felt like we symbolized the God and Jesus and these people, Isaac and Isaiah and all these people decided that the passage and the revolutions is there are two olive trees and two lamps, lampshades. So one of them, you know, Zachar- it's in Zechariah 4, but the Holy Spirit is what I'm trying to tell you folks. And so if you ask the anointing and the feet washing, it takes on a lot of different meanings. But also you can use oil for your anointing. And we do that sometimes. We'll take a blessed, have sacred oil. In many churches, LDS, I know they do that for anointing. And But you can use olive oil, and uh, we may put a little dot on the nape of your neck or on your forehead or bless you with the Holy Spirit. So just telling you that there's a whole lot of things that we've used and a whole lot of stories. So a lot of these things we may do that seem magical are, um, what do they call it, uh, rituals, Richard, in our worshiping ceremonies <laughs> to a lot of people that are non-believers. They're like, why do y'all do all that? And so, you know, it's mystical and magical. It's very close to all of these stories. And that's why uh, the Jesus story to people, uh, there's more Christians on the planet than there is anything. I'll just say that, okay? We'll leave it at that. But, uh, you know, we honor everybody, and I believe that's what they wanted. I believe God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and I say Father and Mother God. So, folks, when I say, you know, if we say let us pray our Father and Mother, which art in heaven, how would be that name, believe it or not? So that's a new truth. So, you know, we're going we're gonna to do a lot of things in Working with an ascended master, I don't know if all of y'all know that term in the way that we use it. And a lot of people use ascension masters, and that means they are blending many of the witnessed people that were witnessed, like Richard said, as they could go into heaven. And so we use that with masters and commoners and shaman and spiritual masters. So a lot of them are in the fifth initiation, which is what they say when Jesus rose up. And when you go into the sixth dimension that we'll talk about, they talk about dimensions in which some of us talk about universes. So not to mix them up, but we're out of time. So Pastor Gigi, I hope you will always come back and help us because it means a lot. And I think the power of three works very, very well. And I apologize to everybody on Sunday when you hear the door knock or somebody because God is wonderful. And Richard always tells me no matter what happens, it's the way everybody is where they need to be. And I so much wanted to talk to you guys today about the butterfly effect because we're all so perfect. And if you're not here, it leaves a big hole, and the universe will fill it. Right, Pastor Gigi, because my daughter's name was Gigi. Yes, yes, yes. I want to tell you that your daughter visits you frequently. I didn't, I didn't want to just blurt it out, but I can feel her presence um, picking up, and um, I really do believe um, 
in the Bible and everything about the Bible. And I believe in the ascendant master, you know, as we all have been put in, into that into that position right now. This is where we are here and now. So, yes, I do agree with you 100%. And um, it's just um, it's so much, just so much for people to, 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 to read and to learn and to understand. There's a whole lot out there in the world that people just don't know living commonly every day just don't get it for a lot of people. And as you said, there are more Christians out there than people really can imagine. So I agree with well, you. Yeah, it's growing. Just all, all religions are growing right now. But, you know, folks, in this spiritual journey, we say, you know, what our elders said, all, load, all roads lead to Rome. <laughs> so there's a reason for that. But we also say all roads lead to the path, which is the journey. So we're all the authors of our own life story, and Jesus chose to hold his own pen and do it his way, and a lot of people believe he showed us the way. So a lot of people believe he is the way, the truth, and the life, and you go, you do not go before his father, or you don't go through his portal out of here. So think about that. That's an interesting that's an interesting analogy, or that's the interesting logo, or brand, or face, or person or showed you that path but there's many many people that believe you don't get off this planet unless you go to the father through that particular person or as he the logo that many you know people can talk a lot fancier than i can the logos so everybody we will come back and share now uh will you have any time at all on wednesdays or not pastor Gigi? because you're so busy but uh and we can make something better but sunday only or wednesday too or another day i don't know i will try to squeeze squeeze wednesdays in because i've got a lot of interviews um coming up oh and i have the date um but i'll squeeze my my time in because i really enjoy this show and i really enjoy the conversation (laughs) and um i i I thought it'd be wonderful yeah. if we can keep you on Wednesdays and Sundays. And, you know, we're going to do more readings probably on Thursdays and Saturdays when we feel like it. Mm-hmm. But I don't want people to get too dependent on them, but I do enjoy doing them, you know. But uh, Wednesday would be awesome. And Sunday, it's sort of like your Wednesday prayer meeting and your your Sunday, you go to meet, you go to meeting, folks, you know. But <laughs> But we're doing it. Yes. This is the old time religion on the church and the radio, and a lot of the old timers know they couldn't go to church in the buggies and stuff. But boy, when they loved that radio when it came out. So believe it or not, radio is one of the oldest communications, even for churches. We just call them internet churches now, <laughs> radio church. So yeah, oh, you streaming, can that. streaming live, yeah. yeah. Would you send me your email? I'm not seeing you for some reason. I don't know if there's a letter missing or what, but uh, I will. I'll send you that and my information. Yeah, yes, I'll send you. Richard, our mine's TJ Mars Agency at Gmail, but I do have the director at UAP dot Associates that'll just I I pay you know 189 or something like that to have a fancy business one, and then I've got a whole bunch of them through you know, all these domains and reseller, but I just flip them all back mm-hmm. to Gmail because Gmail's easy, but now mine's filled up. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, not, it is. Yeah. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I will. I'll send you my. I'll send you my information too about how to find me on the internet and um, all the projects and things that I'm involved with. So I'll send you. I'll send you. Send that to Richard. He can send it to you. I'll send it directly to the email address um, that you uh, referred to. So. Yeah, we'll oh, put up um, a better picture of you, but uh, the only one that is recent, I think you were in a room helping people with your hair down. It looked really good, and I, it wouldn't let me grab it off of Facebook, and usually I can, like everybody else. Um, they let me grab the other one, but I don't know why. I get Maybe because I'm a developer, or they don't want me taking your picture, or I didn't have permission. I don't know. I don't know why they wouldn't let me have your picture. I'll send you, I'll send you a better one. Um, I saw that one. Um, and I'll send you a better one because I had sent Richard one through his um, uh, messenger. Oh. That, um, the better okay. one. Messenger. Yeah, because that's not. Uh, yeah, that's, that's not just, well, Anyway, um, no. So I, I'll send you. Are you on um, Facebook? I can send it directly to you because you can pull. Yes. You can pull it from there. Oh, that's what you. you you're one of those Facebook people. See, I. I uh, work as a developer, but when I punch buttons, it goes on Facebook. But uh, my sister didn't understand that all those Facebooks I had and stuff, I'm very rarely on Facebook. I'm I'm inside the computer behind the wall. So I have like 20 mm. to 30, and then every time I make a new domain, they give me another one. And so I have all kinds out there. But, yeah, but the best thing I'm, I, is for safety is just send it to my email account, which is – Gmail. If you can just remember T J Morris M O R R I S Agency A G E N C Y. That's my talent agency for authors and singers. And I just kept it when I was doing recording and music. You know, mm-hmm. T J Morris Agency. Mm-hmm. A lot of people can remember it better than T J Morris Reporter or T J Morris American. But anything with T J Morris on the front. But, yeah, I would appreciate it. Then maybe they'll let me play with you. I think what happened, to be honest with everybody, is if you aren't in a person's Facebook group or friends or you're not a G- on one of their email lists, I think the world in the last few years tightened up security so tight that even people like me that do this Internet stuff for a living, you know, hosting, and you can't get it. You just can't get it. So, you know, so see, we don't have an interconnection. We do through Richard, but I think security yeah. and electronic has just gotten that tight with Facebook and Google. Uh, well, I don't understand why they I'm let not... me have the one with the, the, they let me get the one with the photo. So you must have given approval on that to somebody. So, folks, this is more information than y'all need, but now you know. If you're not able to, you know, if you, if you can't get something, you may not be in that person's friend list or in their society or their culture, you know? Yeah, I removed the um, the lock on it so he could get it, but I, I don't particularly care for that picture. I'm just, oh. I should say, but I don't particularly care for that one because uh, I wasn't satisfied with the way it was it was made. But anyway, it is me. To a certain extent, but um, I'll send you a better picture of me, and um, that way you'll be able to, you know, yeah, use it for what you need to. Yeah. Yeah. Any keywords? You know how they do today? They do hashtags. What used to be in the old days, keywords, but hashtag mm-hmm. uh, anyone you'd like to use. But yes, ma'am. Any way I can help you with what you're doing in Atlanta and let people know? And Richard knows I. I work with. I used to work a lot with talented people on screenplay, and mm-hmm. I, 
I have to admit, I never wrote a screenplay. I I tried to once. Now back in the uh, day, but I did work as an actor on stage for many years, mm-hmm. and I yeah, I was a celebrity mm-hmm. dinner theater dancer and Arthur Murray dancer and all that. Well, uh, is it your name Adams or Evans? Did I, I put Adams this time? It's, it's hyphenated. It's you can find it. it's Gwendolyn D. Adams Evans, and I'm on also on Instagram as Queen Gigi Ten Fifteen. Um, uh, my grandson gave me that name, Queen GG Ten Fifteen. So you can find me on Instagram um, at Queen GG Queen GG Ten Fifteen. Yeah, on Instagram. I don't yeah, use Instagram there. myself, uh, but I know it's in some of the buttons I push. Well, uh, and LinkedIn as well. Did. I'm also on LinkedIn, so um, it's still oh. Gwendolyn D. Adams. Gwendolyn D. Adams Evans on LinkedIn because what I'm doing is I'm looking for, and Richard mentioned um, some things to me too. I'm looking for someone to help me to uh, complete some films that some scripts, turn them into movies. And since COVID has taken us out of the theaters, we can't produce any plays, you know, in um, in the community for theaters right now. I'm looking for a way to pitch my movies and um, my scripts and also my counseling, you know, to other people. So um, oh, I'll email uh, you. Yeah, I mm-hmm. use a bunch of different uh, movie makers, and I've got a lot of people yeah. that do that. So, yeah, that's okay. fun. I, I do them already. I do them for fun, but it costs me because, you know, I have to rent the ladies, must pay the ladies. monthly charge. Yeah. Yes, not to cut you off, but we're way past the hour, okay? Uh, and I think this conversation we, should be private and not public, okay? But it's been eons. And pictures, it's been pictures, of pictures, years, Richard. Pictures are reserved because people are being hacked and their identities are being stolen, okay? So that's an inter- oh, internet okay. security issue, all right? Oh, so we're too trusting. We're trusting old people. I got you. Yeah. We got anyway, you. We love you all out there, whoever you be, wherever you are, whatever path you follow. We we brace you on this Sunday Easter afternoon and evening, and we join you in your celebrations of the risen Christ, and we express unto you unconditional love. And you can reach me at rtnight35 at gmail.com. So, <laughs> thank you, Master <laughs> Pastor. Oh, folks, we gotta have fun, okay? You can't say no matter what happens, you gotta have you gotta have a good spirit. <laughs> Love and light, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Love and light. Guess we better leave, folks. Have a good year until next Easter. Please have a good life and come back and see us, okay? Same time, same station next Sunday. Love and like y'all. We'll see y'all Wednesday and whenever we do readings. I'm trying to push us off, Richard, I swear. I'm trying to get to it. Love and like. Love and like. Shalom. Love and like. Shalom. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Okay, peace mm-hmm. out. I'm I'm trying to push m- music as fast as my little fingers will go. Uh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.